Hello, I'm Gail Gibson, accredited master coach, speaker, author, and podcaster. Welcome to my podcast, The Can Do Way. My guests from across the globe have can-do stories of growth, resilience, and success to share. Tune in and be inspired by these individuals who have developed a strong can-do approach. Each one of their stories is unique. Each one of their stories has a key message. In this episode of The Can-Do Way, I'm talking to Anwar Dumaboy, keynote speaker, facilitator, and coach. Anwar believes that getting companies and teams to tap into the power of entrepreneurship enables leaders to change the culture in their organisation through simple changes in the rules. Anwar speaks to and coaches leaders to tap into their entrepreneurial mindset to be more effective, increase sales and improve engagement levels. A few words of feedback and some thanks is that Anwar is truly an inspirational speaker and coach, never been more impressed of how a great motivator he can be and hearing it from my team after attending his conferences. So these kind words were shared by a CEO and founder uh, of an organisation where Anwar worked. So welcome to the show today, Anwar. Thank you very much, Gail, for having me. Wonderful. Let's take a short walk through your life first. If you can give us a glimpse of your background and how you arrived at helping leaders to adopt an entrepreneurial mindset. Sure. I mean, you know, like, uh, like most people, um, the traditional path was, you know, go to university, study, and then get a job. And so my first part was working really in a shipyard. And so I worked in the shipyard in uh, the UK and then worked in a shipyard in uh, Singapore. So that was more sort of an engineering type job. And then the second part of my sort of life was um, going in and out of uh, startups. So I did one or two startups. Actually, I did three startups. And then I went back and worked for a fund. The, you know, none of the startups got anywhere. So that was uh, what we call a learning experience. Um, and so that was the second part, which was, you know, a little bit being entrepreneurial. And then when I look back and I sort of joined the dots between the first part, which is, you know, working in the shipyard and being entrepreneurial, I, I realized that it is really the entrepreneurial organizations that tend to do well. And entrepreneurial organizations are the ones that work a little differently. And that's really what got me hooked into entrepreneurship. So, you know, one shipyard was in the UK, very structured, very organized out of Sunderland. And the other one was in Singapore and they, they, you know, they ended up having very different end paths. What an interesting start, you know, to move from engineering into the world of entrepreneurialism and now doing what you're doing. So what urged you to take that step from engineering to pursue that first startup? You know, I guess it's this, you know, <laughs> You talk about the can-do attitude. Well, the you know when I was doing engineering and working as an, as an engineer, it it's uh, it's something I realized I just didn't and did not enjoy doing. And so you know when you don't enjoy doing something, you're not quite sure what you should do next. Then you sort of tend to jump into different things as they come along. And so my approach was always, uh, yeah, I can do it. 
and you know jump into something new so you know there was a whole bunch of businesses i worked in the marine sales business i worked in a, in a fast food business uh, i i had a company that taught gymnastics i had a company that taught to kids i had a company that taught computer skills to kids um, I got into a biotech startup. Um, so there were just different things that interested me or at least got me uh, curious. I think that's an absolutely fantastic word. It's one of my favourite words, curiosity, and I think it is. it probably sums up to you, Anwar, the difference between organisations who are entrepreneurial versus the ones that aren't. What would you say about that? No, that's very true, Gail. You know, the organizations, you see, the problem with entrepreneurship is that people have this very larger than life impression of what's entrepreneurial. So, you know, they think of Jack Ma or, you know, Steve Jobs or, or Bill Gates or Elon Musk, and they say, oh, we're not like that. Our organizations are not like that. And so we're not entrepreneurial. And those are just very wrong examples to take. Every organization can be entrepreneurial and entrepreneurial requires you to be not so rigid, to listen to your customer, to listen to your people, to do things differently. So, you know, what I tell people is that entrepreneurs are not different people. They just do things differently. And if you do things differently, then I think you're behaving entrepreneurially. Indeed, indeed. I love the fact that you said it's not so rigid, rigid, sorry, and that you can you can be brave enough and have the courage to actually say, I do want to do things differently. I think if we we think of Elon Musk in there, as you shared, he's somebody who has disrupted everything and every every part of the world. And he really is just doing things his own way and and getting a lot of people who follow him and support him and uh are going on that ride with him. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's a there's 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 really when you chart a new path, you obviously have to be entrepreneurial, right? So, um, but entrepreneurial doesn't mean taking risk, right? So, if you take the case of Elon Musk, for example, you know, he he, I think it was two days into his PhD program, uh, I believe it was in Stanford when he dropped out to form a startup that eventually became PayPal. Uh, his area of interest was battery technologies. And, and, you know, he turned a full circle and came back to producing the electric mm-hmm. car. But again, when he made the electric car, he didn't say, you know, he, he's, he first tried to convince existing car manufacturer to go electric. And when they didn't, then he invested in another one. And their first trial was really just a trial, right? So there again, the notion that entrepreneurs risk everything. I, you know, in my book, we've interviewed... 100 people of which maybe 40, 50 are entrepreneurs. And really none of them bet the bank. Um, in hindsight, they say they bet the bank, but, but most of them really didn't bet the bank. You know, they were cautious. So, so again, when you talk about entrepreneurial behavior, you, you get this impression of, you know, very large risk takers, but really they're not risk takers. They're risk takers maybe to you and me because we don't have that, that cap- capability. But to themselves, they're not risk takers because they, they, they understand their capability. That's a really interesting point you make. So when I think about your shift from engineering to startup, did you approach that change in your life with any idea of risk or would you say that you did take a risk by doing that? No, I definitely took a risk. I mean, you know, it, it didn't fare well and... <laughs> 
I lost family money. I lost investors' money. I lost my mm-hmm. money. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know what I it's it sounds really I don't know naive you know and and you know what is the word uh, it sounds naive to say that oh you know what doesn't what doesn't kill you makes you stronger mm-hmm. I mean that's I I find that statement really facile I mean it's just stupid right mm-hmm. uh, if you're dead it doesn't matter <laughs> and if you're alive you have two choices right lie mm-hmm. down or bounce back. Mm-hmm. Uh, and obviously, then whatever you've gone through, you build some knowledge, you build some capability, you build connections, and then you leverage that the next time you try and do something. So obviously, I mean, obviously, it, you, it has to it has to be that you get stronger, right? Indeed, and the word bounce back is a great way of putting it too, because it's not as you said, it's not about lying down and just letting everything walk all over you and and learning the worst from the experience, but it's about saying I'm resilient, I'm going to look at what I learnt from this and I can move forward from here. But it's about taking the best bits, as you say. And it's so, also, sorry, Gail, but no, it's, also, it's also about how you structure your life, right? Mm-hmm. So sometimes people bounce back because it's part of their value system, right? They're just not used to lying down. And and uh, and therefore they bounce back because it's not them to lie down. A, a lot of other people, for myself, and, and and when you when you look inside, you don't know where it really comes from. But for myself, there was not op- an option of of not bouncing back because who's going to look after you? You know, we don't live in the UK system where there's a dole and you can say okay. Um, uh, and I worked in 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 Sunderland, right? I went to university in Newcastle, and um, so. In, in Asia, there isn't this notion of a, of a safety net per se. You know, you, mm. you have to look after yourself. And if it doesn't work, you've got to try something new. And how do you feel then that that helped you through that stage of taking the risk? And as you shared before, that you lost family money, you lost your money, etc. How did that, that background, that foundation for you get you through that stage? You know, Gail, it's an interesting question. As I said, there, there really is no option, right? You, you can't just lie down. And, and so you have to go forward. And if you go forward, then you have to go forward with, with some determination to win. And, uh, and that obviously keeps you going. I mean, I, I can tell you it's very difficult. Emotionally, psychologically, it's not easy to pick yourself up. You know, and the first time that my business went down, it was hard. It was really hard. You know, you get up in the morning and think, why is it, why did it happen to me? You know, I'm smart. I made the right choices, um, but it went wrong. And of course, I wasn't smart because the choice I made wasn't a good choice. But at the time, you, you know, you sort of console yourself. And, and uh, but it does, it's, it, is a, it is a struggle to get through. Because that doubt is that, you know, that self-doubt is there. and. Uh, I guess all of us deal with deal with it in a different way, and, and that's where maybe you know, coaches like you come in and 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 help people through this process, right? Yes, most definitely. So, what was one of the first things that you remember doing to help yourself reframe, perhaps some of that self doubt, and to say, you had that in you to say, I will get through this, and I can make whatever comes next happen. What what did you do? I, I think faith. 
faith and belief in God is a is an important driver. Mm-hmm. Um, this, the the second is of course the fact that you know you do have a family. You want to be an example, a role model to to your kids, to your society. So that that keeps you going. And the third is to say that you know you 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 go through your competencies and you say, okay, these are my competencies, and and in my areas of competence, I'm not bad. I may not be the best. I'm certainly not the worst, but I'm not bad. And I think very often we need to remind people, you know, especially people who are doing a job, right? They they focus on the job that they're doing, but they don't they don't always think about the competencies, and they're not always aware of the competencies that they have. So, you know, it, it's something that needs to be reminded because it's your competencies that allow you to pivot, allow you to try something new, allow you to do something new, you know, and, and build it, right? It's not your job that, uh, that gets you to the next place. It's your competencies. But I think it's a, a great reminder to say to people, you know, there's a lot of work that I do and, and other coaches do around strengths and, and working with those hidden strengths that people have as part of those competencies in their roles. But I think it's what's come to the fore for me in a lot of the work that's happening is that it's okay to say to yourself and to say to those you're working with, you know, I am enough. And I am doing enough for what I need to be doing right now. And we can always grow, we can always improve, and we can work with others to to make that happen and to practice and practice. But, you know, the bottom line is to reduce the opportunity for that imposter syndrome and that self-doubt to be creeping in. Even if you're learning that new skill or you're wanting to get better at it, you are enough at the moment that you're first working on it. So... And the only way is up. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you know, I've been trying to learn the guitar, electric guitar for the last two years. And, and whilst my fingers seem to learn something, <laughs> I just can't play a, a tune. Okay. <laughs> so, so I congratulate myself on the fingers know that this is the right place and this is the wrong place. <laughs> and this is the right sound and this is the wrong sound. But, um. but, I, but yeah, I struggle to get to the next level. But, but yeah, I know you... You have to find, you know, it's a number of hours invested. It's the awareness, etc. And and in in today's world, it's becoming both easy and difficult to gain competencies. So in the old world, which you know I refer to as the boxed world, where you know you go to university and somebody gives you a little box of knowledge, and all the box is contained, all the knowledge is contained contained inside the box, and you don't worry about anything that's outside the box. Today, we live in what I call an unboxed world where there is no constraints on knowledge. And so there is no end to what you can learn. There's no end to the number of courses and programs, etc. There's no end to what you can do to gain knowledge. And I joke with some people that, you know, in 10 or 15 years time, you will never hire a university graduate because these are the guys who had no, no initiative at all. And they, 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 they took the old path of studying for three years, starving, and then hoping to get a job. Whereas a new path, people are just learning and doing and earning. And so, they, they're being curious, as you said before. Yeah, they're being exactly. curious they're and being, adventurous in approach. And, and they, are, they have the opportunities to experiment, right? Mm-hmm. And you've seen now through the pandemic in the last two years, the number of people that have started their own businesses around their competencies. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you're, you're in Penang and there's a guy in Penang who, you know, 
has found a business uh, by refurbishing and polish, polishing, you know, motorbikes. And, and he finds that rewarding and he something that he can do very well. And I'm sure around your area, there's been a whole bunch of new uh, bakeries and, you know. Oh, most home. definitely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, the you know, and, and it, it underlines the point I'm making that in the unboxed world, you don't have to have formal education. Mm -hmm. The unboxed world is built around learn, do, earn, learn, do, earn. You know, it's yes. a it's a nice cycle, right? Yes. And so yes. these people, and obviously, if you if you are working on something that you are passionate about, your competence is obviously much better. Mm -hmm. And you sustain that that passion for why you're doing what you're doing because you you look forward to getting up every day and you look forward to saying, you know, I can. I can do this with what I have right now, but I can also, and I, I've noticed a lot of people are looking beyond and so they're perhaps doing a couple of hustles alongside each other and having more of a portfolio type um, lifestyle where they can dip in and out, but they have a core um, business or entrepreneurial passion that they are pursuing with joy. It's it's wonderful to actually see this unboxed world, as you term it, that is... Yes revealing so many interesting characters and um, some amazing businesses that are coming out uh, as well, not just because of the pandemic. I think they've been there, but maybe this was a platform for which they have launched themselves now because it's, it's you know, it's okay to do it and let's just make it happen. And it's always, it's always built on some prior knowledge, right? Mm -hmm. So it's, it's something that they, they've done in the past that they've, develop some competence in and and it you know the, the 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 circles sort of meet right what you're competent at what the market needs and what you can make money you know the the japanese three circles right so yes. they the three circles congregate around uh, these three things right what you're good at what the market needs and and um, what you can make money on yes the ikigai the that, icky guy, exactly. That middle, yes. that middle part, that meaning and purpose to what That's you right. do. That's yes. right. Yeah. That's right. Fantastic. So we come to the part of the show where I ask my guests to share with the audience three can-do tips. So perhaps this would be three inspirational points you could share for people who are perhaps wanting to be more curious and explore this entrepreneurial mindset and launch something that they've always wanted to do. So what would you share with them, Anwar? So I, I, I would say there are three things. One is understand competence, you know, understand what you're really competent at. Um, and, and if you can understand that, so if it is about, you know, baking bread or it's making relationships or social media, whatever it is, if you're competent at something, understand what you're competent at. And then look to see how you can apply that. So first one is what you're competent at. Second is look at look to see what you can apply it at, which can make some money. And the third is don't think so much about disruption or or you know getting pushed off the rails. Think of think of don't think of disruption. Think of continuum, right? So Things are always going to change, right? Hairstyles change, clothes patterns change, food choices change, jobs will change. And so focus on what you're good at. Try out two or three things so that, you know, you get the enforcement that, yes, it works. And number three, remain flexible. Think in terms of continuum as opposed to disruption. I like that, remaining flexible. And I love the word 
um, continuum. It's so, so powerful. And I think it really resonates with a lot of the work that I do with helping leaders to, to sustain the performance levels that I help them get to that peak performance because it's about mind, body and self. And it's just saying, you know, if you keep mastering this and you think long term that you can keep yourself in this level of um, condition all the time but but yes you do have to be flexible along the way as well because it's not all about aiming for perfection so thank you let me let me tell you another another quick line uh, which is which is uh, the 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 new perfect is done yes so it's better to be done than to get it perfect yes indeed i love that (laughs) i love that so why would you say to the audience, Anwar, that you feel a can-do attitude is essential? I mean, that's the that's the spirit of mankind, right? Um, it, we we all have it in us. It's like we all have the entrepreneurial spirit in us. It's just that sometimes in the organization they ask it ask us to park it outside, but it's the same as the can-do, you know. And it is going to be a tough world because it is an unboxed world. Uh, so having a can-do attitude is, is, is what's going to help you get through it. Fantastic. Thank you so much. You know, it's been a, a pleasure to talk, even if for a short time, um, but to, to discuss the whole world of that entrepreneurial mindset and the whole can-do vibe that's coming through so strong about bouncing back, about opening up those opportunities via the unboxed world that we now live in and your summary and saying that the can-do attitude is the spirit of mankind. Beautiful. Thank you so much for being my guest today, Anwar. Thanks, Gil, for having me. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Do you live and breathe a can-do attitude? Have an inspiring perspective, a life-changing experience, or intriguing story to share? Always curious and with an insatiable appetite for a good yarn, I invite you to be my guest. Do get in touch via my website, gailmgibson.com. The Can Do Way podcast, refreshing, positive and real.